Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, my darlings. I have one of my favorite people on the podcast today. Yolanda Edwards is an American writer, editor, and a media executive. She's also just the best person to follow on Instagram. If you are somebody who likes to travel and likes to eat and enjoy life and just want joy-filled imagery, She's the former creative director of Condé Nast Traveler and is the founder and publisher of the YOLO Journal, which is her own magazine. I always tell you, if you want to know where to travel, you have to subscribe to this woman's Substack, the YOLO Journal. She's just elegant and wonderful, and I am so lucky to have her in my life. She's also one of the last true humans that has worked truly in the magazine industry until, you know, up until now when there really aren't that many magazines anymore. So we talk about her time at Martha Stewart. We talk about how she travels. We definitely are going to do a part two on travel tips, where to travel, how to pack. But this is our first episode, just giving a little intro into who Yolanda is. If you don't follow her, she is Yolanda Edwards at Instagram. Follow her definitely subscribe to the Yellow Journal. Please enjoy this episode. Wait, are you in Rome? I'm in Rome. Ugh. What a life you live. <laughs> I'm sorry, yours looks pretty great. <laughs> yes, but you really have, like, you're our gold standard for, for how we want our future to look, especially... Now with your daughter going to school and you're up to, we're just like, oh, they just like meet up in the summer, wherever they want to meet up. And then they go to Rome. And then they're like, <laughs> it's like so cool. It, it's good. It's good. Rent's also so much cheaper in Rome. So it's like knowing that you could leave New York and come here. It's, yeah. in, it's incredible. When I, I now get the listings for apartments for sale, apartments for rent. It's mind blowing. I'll Amen. send you some. You will be like, why are we in L.A.? <laughs> we go through that. It's actually now that we're applying to preschool. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. It's yeah. unnatural. <laughs> it, it's weird because she's getting mean 
She's getting mean letters back from preschools, like these cold responses to expensive places. I don't even want her to go. Like she's already being rejected. I just like look over at her and she's like, ciao. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) like someone's already being mean to you. (laughs) That's so horrible. Okay. I want to start from the very beginning of where you grew up, how, what you, your incredible career as an editor. I want to know everything. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, so is this going to be like a 10 part series? (laughs) Yes. This is part one. Totally. Okay. So I grew up in Tacoma, Washington until I was about 10 and I grew up in a very religious family. So mm-hmm. my my parents were they weren't raised with religion. So they kind of came to kind of born again Christianity as like young adults who were either scared or kind of, you know, screwed up. It was like 1968. My mom got pregnant when she was in college. And see, I go way back. Yes, <laughs> no, go good. Back. Um, so she, you know, she's basically Jesus uh, needed to know, forgive her. College. What's that? I said Jesus needed to forgive her. Exactly. Her. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, basically dad was going to go to Vietnam. Anyway, they end up in church and that's sort of like, yeah, that's the, what gave them structure to their life. And so they were so into it. We would go to church three times a week. It was like all they could talk about. They constantly were witnessing to people. We always had strangers in our house, people that my dad was trying to get to become Christians and whatever. So used to like go visit prisoners on weekends in the federal prison, kind of crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, And so I think that you know, I did, they didn't have money. My dad's a piano teacher. They, I kind of never grew up with, I grew up around people who had money because people who take piano lessons usually have privilege. So I was, I became exposed to those people who were kind of well-traveled or, you know, wanted culture in their lives. And I knew that I wanted something besides this kind of like very, It was a very strict household. We didn't have TV. I went to Christian school. I knew that that wasn't for me, but I didn't know what else there was. So I just started to kind of like glom onto people. Like anybody I met that was one of like a piano student, my dad would bring me sometimes to the piano lessons because he taught in people's homes. And so on a weekend, like if he had a Saturday lesson, I'd go. I'd be like, wow, like people have like sugar cereal, (laughs) cartoons, and you know, they have like nice cars and nice furniture. And I was just a sponge. And then at a certain point, I went to a private school where then I was around all these other people like that. And I'd go to their house for slumber parties and just be like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like this is, this is the life I got to somehow get access to. So so that was sort of, you know, where I, I think that like my desire for this, like other lifestyle came from, it it was like, it was such the dream. It was Mm -hmm. so not my reality at all. And so that's why I think like 
I don't know, there's just like a, you can feel that there's like a, an excitement, people tell me anyway. And <laughs> I, think, I think that really is, it's really, it's very authentic. It's not, oh, it's always been this way. And, you know, it's like, also, I, I learned how to be scrappy. So yeah. even if we, I mean, you know, this, it's like, people look at what you and Davide do on Instagram and they're like, must be nice. And it's like, but yeah, I had to bust my ass and like, you know, how many back and forth with PR people it takes to like make this happen. And the production that it takes to make these things. The production. Yeah, Yeah. Because essentially, and you know this well, our Instagrams are now these great editorial features. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And it takes a lot of work to produce those editorial features. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, I, I think that, yeah, from that young age, I, I was like, saw the way other people lived was like, I've got to get at that. And then I started working. I had a paper route. Then I started teaching piano. I did. I was just like hustling to like get to be able to buy the things that I wanted, like foreign magazines where I would see photo shoots and be like, I want to go wherever that was. And so I just started like collecting the information. At one point I got a subscription to the New York times that my grandpa gave me. And that's when I started collecting like travel. I made travel files and. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, when you were how old? I was probably like 12 then. This is adorable. You have manifested <laughs> the exact life you wanted to live when you were 12. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, so little Yolanda yeah. collecting travel files. It's just, totally. And totally. then I flash forward to when there was the your basement got flooded in Brooklyn and you had all your magazines yeah. in the Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, because you must at have one so point, much- when I was at Traveler and in 2018, when I'm really fast forwarding, well, we can go back if you want, <laughs> but there were these, I had these files that were my files I'd been collecting since, I mean, probably not since I was 12, but at least since I was in my early twenties. So it's 2018 and I lose my job. And the woman who was still going to be in the office, like, cause they basically folded our office and started running traveler out of the UK. Mm. And so she was like, so what do you want me to do with these files? And I was like, I mean, I'm getting like boxes and boxes of like real things that I really needed. Delivered. Yeah. I don't think I'd opened up those file cabinets in years, but I couldn't bear of course not. Let go of them. And so I was like, well, you'll send them to me. I'll let you know when. And then she she'd email me every couple of months, like, is now a good time? I'm like, <laughs> just a little longer. And then finally, like, she lost her job there. And I was like, I'm oh, sure shit. they're all like, yeah, they're so long gone. But I I had to I had to let it go gradually like that. Yeah. Because you can't just hold I it's it's I dominated a similar thing when he moved here with all the magazines he'd collected and his and you want to hold on to them, but you're not really looking at them, but you like knowing that they're there. Yeah, they're almost holding you back, but it's what propelled you forward stuff. Right. Exactly. 
Exactly. How did you end up in New York? So the first time I I lived in New York twice, the first time I went there, I had, so basically I graduated from, from college and it was 1991. It was like total recession. Everybody who I went to school with was like, there are no jobs. One of my dear friends, she ended up getting a job at this like tiny little restaurant in the town she grew up in is this place called the French Laundry. She was the first <laughs> hire. She still she works was? There. Yeah. That's how they met? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <sighs> so, and then, you know, I was, I like went and worked at my boyfriend's nightclub and I used to make all the invites and come up with the ideas for like, how are we going to fill this like stinky room with people and make it seem super <laughs> glamorous? Where so, was it? This was, it's still there. It's called 1015. It's on Folsom and 6th Street in San Francisco. And um, amazing. And yeah, and that boyfriend is still a dear friend and he still owns it and he's like turning 70. So it's kind of amazing. But yeah, I would do things like one time we went to Paris and we went to some furniture store and I found this Philippe Stark catalog. Uh-huh. And I came back and I like, I start looking at the catalog and I was like, if I cut this apart and like do like little clip frames, I could make it like it's a Philippe Stark furniture showing. And that would be like a cool VIP room party. <laughs> so I make this like whole like invite around like the Philippe Stark opening is happening, you know, with like, <laughs> you know, like French aperitif and whatever. And it was the most packed, the best crowd. Cool. Only like one French person came up and he's like, hey, Philippe is here. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he's on his way. <laughs> but it was like, you know. Selling the dream. Different. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I end up going to New York just to visit friends. And I was there for a couple of weeks. And I ran, I ran into some Wait, people. how are you going to just, how are you casually just going to Paris at this point anyway? Boyfriend who owned a nightclub. Oh, chic. Yeah. Ugh. I yeah. only dated like the pot. I only older. dated like pot dealers and stuff. So I didn't get the, I didn't get the fun boyfriend that took me. Places. <laughs> well, I, I think it was, I think like today I look back at it and I'm like, you were just a hustler. Like, of course I I loved him, you know, but I more as a friend and I just was (laughs) like, you need somebody to tell you how to spend your money. I'm good at doing that. So, well, you clearly, he clearly also probably just like loved you and you were clearly this like young, beautiful, innovative girl, like bringing parties to the space and coming up with these. I mean, these are like mutually beneficial relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him a couple of weeks ago in San Francisco and he was telling some friends of mine how um, I brought, I sort of like made him buy all of the important things in his life, his houses and his cars and stuff like that. And he was like, and, and, you know, I feel like I did, I did some good, you know, she, she, I bought her that Prada backpack and (laughs) that helped her get the job at Elle magazine my friend Becca is like crying like that is so sweet I'm like yeah you know you're like in exchange for curating your life you did get me that great Prada backpack exactly (laughs) 
So, yeah. And so I, I end up in New York just on holiday, you know, but like, you know, you used to not be expensive. Yeah. And it was like, this is like maybe 1993 now. And I would make like, I don't even know what, what did I make? Like hardly any money. But enough mm-hmm. money to like, you know, when you're making like 500 bucks and it, maybe it was, was it 500 a week? Whatever it was. Yeah. It was not, it was like the kind of money where you'll go out to dinner and buy drinks and not think about it. Absolutely. But then you have no money at the end. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I was very hand to mouth. So go to New York, stay with my friends who live in a one bedroom and there are three of us. And then next thing I know, I meet somebody who's like, you look like you should work in a magazine. My friend's hiring at L and I go on some job interview and I got offered a job. And so I take the job making $18,000 a year, like never looked better. I couldn't afford to eat. So it was like half of, we'd buy a burrito, like share half a burrito, like every night we're just like, it whatever going out to dinner with ridiculous people just mm-hmm. because it was a meal going to every single party, party. you could get invited to mm-hmm. eating all the nuts so much free booze yeah all of that and i did that for about a year and then i came back to new york back to san francisco and worked back in the club again until a friend of mine who i'd worked with at l came and i was like i'm going to show you this great night and uh, like wine and dine you. And the next day he called me up and he was like, that was so fun. But I have to tell you, I'm a little worried about you. Like, what are you doing with your life? Like, (laughs) you know, what, you're just going to like work the door at a nightclub. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't know what else to do. And he was like, why don't you come work at guest jeans? Like, it's a great company. (laughs) Let's get checked was founded to empower people to take control of their health from the comfort of their home. Let's Get Checked is revolutionizing personalized at-home healthcare through its comprehensive suite of offerings, which includes diagnostic testing, virtual care, and treatment for a range of health and wellness conditions. For example, hormonal health, fertility, PCOS, metabolic health, heart health, and so much more. I cannot, cannot tell you enough how thankful I am for these tests. I sent the PCOS test to, I'm not kidding, like 15 of my friends when I found out about it. Let's Get Checked is available nationwide in the United States, the United Kingdom, and most EU countries. What's amazing is you you are empowered with the information that you need to go to your doctor and say, this is what's going on. And how do we fix it? Again, it is such a broad scope of services. So they have diagnostic testing, they have virtual care, medication delivery. Uh, Really, they also have end-to-end supply chain ownership from manufacturing to logistics, lab analytics, clinician support, prescription fulfillment. Their mission truly is to empower people with accessible health information because Let's Get Checked wants you, like all of us, to just live a longer happier life. I'm telling you, being able to get a PCOS test at home when I knew something was wrong and nobody was listening is pretty life-changing. 
at this point, I am encouraging you to do the same. So use code BEST25 at checkout and you can get 25% off your first purchase. That's BEST25 at checkout when you visit letsgetchecked.com. Parallel is the first and only OBGYN founded women's vitamin offering targeted nutrition for each unique stage of womanhood which is so incredible because listen, so they have vitamin packs. If you're trying to conceive, they have vitamin packs for each individual trimester of pregnancy, which is incredible. They have postpartum packs, early motherhood. And best of all, now they have an amazing vitamin bundle that's made for all women, not just pregnancy. Plus for anybody else managing PCOS, the PCS support helps maintain hormonal balance, mood, regular menstrual cycles, promotes healthy ovarian function. I'm so obsessed with their PCOS formula. I cannot scream it from the rooftops enough. Each product is meticulously formulated by their founding team of world-class doctors, which includes OBGYNs, uh, widely published maternal fetal medicine doctors, award-winning endocrinologists in partnership, which is my favorite part, also with functional medicine doctors and nutritionists and doulas. It's really one of the first products I've encountered that has Western and Eastern medicine practitioners kind of all on the same page, which is amazing. Um, I was taking the mom multi since Carmela was born and I love it. But now that we're trying for baby number two, I switched to their conception support pack, uh, which, you know, before, before I had this was taking a million different supplements and I don't even think I was dosing them properly. And then I have Davide taking the men's multi because fertility is 50, 50. If you're not ready for babies, parallel has an incredible general multivitamin pack made for all women called the daily vitamin trio covers all your bases, your general health, thyroid function, immunity, And you get all of that for under $38 a month. If you were to source everything separately, you'd easily be spending up to a hundred bucks. Each parallel pack comes with a 30 day supply of all vitamins, all conveniently bundled together in a recyclable daily package. You can take it on the go exclusively for our everything is the best listeners. Parallel is offering 15% off your first three months of parallel with code best 15. So head to parallel.co that is P E R E L E L dot C O. If you don't love it, cancel anytime with a 30 day money back guarantee. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride. That's right for you because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, so so basically I end up getting a job at L. I moved to LA with my dog and I have no boyfriend at this point. I'm just like working at guests, going on hikes every day, running Canyon, loved it. Mm -hmm. And then I come to New York and I end up meeting Matt on a photo shoot. And as soon as I met Matt, I was like, why am I living in LA? Can you stop being humble for one second and let everybody know that the most important campaigns to come out of guest jeans you were behind? I mean, okay. 
I would say I was really, I, I was lucky to work at a, it's, it's a definitely has like a, a whole strange thing going on there and did that did back then does now. Yes. It's but not a, yeah, def, amazing uh, absolutely. But we cannot undermine the work that you did for the company, yeah. which was the big, yeah. beautiful Claudia yeah. Schiffer epic campaign. I mean, those are yeah, some of the best. I was there when it, our, my time frame because I didn't last there that long, was Letitia Costa. Oh, and, um, God. Yeah. Yeah. So that was super fun. What we happened had, to her? I just saw her at the airport in Rome. No. <laughs> Amazing. Swear to God. Like literally a week ago, Matt and I are in the airport and he's like, do you see who that is at the, getting the coffee right now? I'm like, no. Who is that? And he's like, oh. it's freaking Letitia Costa. We were just talking about where is she now? And here she is at the airport. Oh, she just like, I need to know where she lives and who she's married to and what, how many, she was just, yeah. she so was, at, her face was pasted all over my room. She was such a beauty. She's still a beauty, but like, you know, like it's whatever, 25 years later. Yeah. So you meet Matt. Can you how meet for, Matt? How do you describe Matt at this point? Like, what's young Matt like? Yeah, <laughs> young Matt is like Matt today, still a force. <laughs> I don't think he. I mean, yeah, he he was like. I remember like we had a New Year's. It's one of the most bitter cold New York winters. And I think I hadn't quite, I don't think I'd moved in yet. No, I don't think maybe I've moved in. Anyway, we're in New York and we, um, I think, God, he's going to kill me that I don't remember. I have the worst memory. And I do too. like, you don't remember, anything. but he, I feel like we got caviar and champagne and he like put on music and we had a fire and we just like danced in front of the fire. It was like the most perfect, like he's, mm. he's an amazing romantic. Like the first time when I moved to New York or maybe the first time I visited him, he met me at the airport at JFK and brought martini, like a no. little, yeah. Brought a martini shaker and, you know, serve. Yeah that kind of person. So you meet Matt and then you're like, I'm moving back to New York. Yes. So I met him. I hate by this time I like hated my job and he was like, just move in with me. So I moved <sighs> in and I got a job at traveler and this was like 1997. And I was just, where like was he working at the time? He was a photographer. And so he, and he was kind of a, just getting, He'd been assisting different people. So now is when he's like starting to shoot on his, his own, own. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he's doing things like, oh, food and wine wants me to go to Hawaii. And they said they'd fly you too because cool. they need like a girl to be drinking cocktails in the picture. So it was <laughs> like a very lucky kind of one mm -hmm. of those. Like where you, you're very pinch me all the time moments. Mm -hmm. Travel and leisure sending us to Cabo. Like, so we started to kind of get that, like, oh, this is, 
like this is a, a nice kind of I mean, this is like way before there's any kind of social media. I, I feel like cell phones were like like the size of a brick at this point. Yeah. I might have I, I think I just had like a Blackberry, like a little pager kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So there was clearly no, there was not really it was like making beautiful pictures and the photo editors or creative directors were happy if there was somebody who would share a room with the photographer. So I was like, sign me up. Amazing. Yeah. And my job at Traveler was pretty like they were happy unless if I was doing things that were for the competition that like they wouldn't let me go with travel and leisure once I started working at Traveler. But anyway, it was it was a very lucky time. How did you end up at Martha? Oh, my God. So Martha was that was one of those like we so at a certain point I started working with Pilar. You've met Pilar. I love Pilar so much and someone I follow an editor at AD post a photo of Pilar yesterday. Pilar and Michael and Chris and then oh. Michael. So it was like I knew all people who I've met through you and I was just like she posted a photo of the three of them. And I was like, what just like a powerhouse of like three incredibly like funny, smart, cool, interesting people. Like, I feel like you and your beautiful group of like your best friends and the people that you work with are really, it's like the last of this beautiful era of people who like did tangible things and like worked for real magazines and had to get scrappy and have seen so much and are very elegant and can write properly. And I don't, I just, it's like, you're all so, I like look up to all of you so deeply because I worked, I worked really at the last, like I did PR in New York in my early 20s, like right when Instagram was starting. So I was mm-hmm. there like the last time you really had to be best friends with editors to like get what you wanted out mm-hmm. of your job. You know, I really right. needed those people to know me and to write about my clients and had to speak to them a certain way at parties and make sure they thought I was cool, but not working. But like it'd still be like, can you write about this for me? Like, you know, you had to earn yeah. the respect and the love of the editors. And that's yeah. just like now it's just, and that's not a bad thing. We've just moved on to something else, but it's really right. the last, it's just not there anymore. You know, right. and magazines were just, you know, I think my target listener is like a little bit older than me and a little bit younger. Like I'm sure only half of the people listening right now, like understand that, like when you would see a magazine, like a new magazine, your heart would just explode. You had to get your hands on the magazine. Yeah. You had to wait yeah. for the next issue of the magazine. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So I grew up with, you know, my mom having a subscription to Food and Wine and Martha and National Geographic travel and like Savore or Savoir, mm-hmm. and, God, and, such- and Bon Appetit. And she would rip out and she still has all her magazine clippings. So hearing, you know, when we had talked briefly about your time working at Martha and what it was like to just be as a team and come up with those editorials and those photo shoots, like that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, now it's like, how can we get somebody who's already doing that thing to just like, give us a picture of the thing that they did last year. (laughs) (laughs) Like, 
I literally, I have these amazing, I mean, they had it to such another level. Like when, when I was at, so previous to Martha, I was at Cookie Magazine with Pilar and Cookie was this parenting magazine that was really, I mean, we had such a good time and this was really pre-blog. So like, you know, every parent who was reading Cookie was like, oh my God, like, this is the only thing that I feel connects me to other people. Like, like I want to be somebody who still goes out and has a good time with my friends and doesn't yeah. just like, like, it sort of seemed like there was like this sort of Fisher Price kind of generation of like, well, once you become a parent, you give up everything. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then when they go to college, then you, you get can to... be empty nesters and get yeah. your life back again. But like, and I know that that was like such a mythology and because we weren't parents until we became them, we just assumed that that's what it was. And then you became one. You were like, oh my God, there are all these other people who are just like us who are like, why isn't there cool kids furniture? And, and, and like, you know, I feel like David Netto was like the only person who was making cool furniture. And Mm -hmm. there were were a couple cool stores in New York that, that you could go to and find like a Dutch designer, French designer, you know, there wasn't Mm -hmm. like bon point stores, like on Madison Avenue. Like it was, it just was like a, a different time. And that's not that long ago. So Cookie folded in 2009. Pilar and I started a short-lived parenting blog called Mom Filter. And then she got the call from Martha Stewart to come in and to kind of give Martha like just a different energy because Martha is like an incredibly loyal person and she had the same team working for her for forever. And so when she came back from prison, it was like, I always, well, you just said that I always forget that like, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. when yeah. she came back from Felt prison, Martha the felon, she came back and those advertisers were like, we need a different story. We yeah. can't, we can't like be selling the same team, the same kind of stories. Like we got to get something, some new energy in, in there. So Pilar brings me in as the creative and we're the new energy, which didn't sit so well with the team Mm. because they were like, we like our team. Who are you guys? Like we're outliers. And so we were like, you know, there's this whole maker culture happening and, and Martha's actually always been the person identifying this maker culture, but like she's been doing it on TV. Let's, start doing that in the magazine. So we were just kind of like doing a slight shift on what their values were. But Mm -hmm. so in the, in the, it was, it was tough because we were just, we were like, you know, the foreigners coming in and they were like, no, this is a closed community. (laughs) (laughs) We finally won many of them over. And by the end, I think they all really they all missed us when we left. We stayed like two years. It was super tough. I've learned a lot from those people. They were, they would do these things. Like if there was going to be like a craft story, you would go into the craft room and there would be like five people who were crafters. And that was their job. 
I mean, that doesn't exist. It didn't exist at that time anywhere but there. And it clearly doesn't exist anywhere. Well, now it exists yeah. on Pinterest. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but exactly. that was when those magazines would come. Like I can see so clearly all those editorials because it would just be this like beautiful, like a full bleed of like ribbons and like how you make yeah. the perfect Easter bunny basket. And my mom and I, yeah. we spent so much time, like when the holidays would come, I would get all giddy because I would just be like, what are we going to make this year from Martha's magazine? It was like, here's the cookies we're going to make. And we're going to decorate our basket this way. And we're going to have like, here's a new cool way to make your turkey. Like maybe we spatchcock our turkey this year. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, it was your and, guide to be chic yeah, and to be a hostess. And, I know. And they literally had like the entire, I can't remember what floor it was, but like at the 601, the start Lehigh building and they would have these test kitchens and there were just people in there just testing food recipes. And then, you know, there, besides the craft room, there was like prop room. I mean, it it was like prop storage house. It was insane. insane. So it was a word from our sponsor better help can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. When you learn how to find your own solutions, there's just no better feeling. And a therapist can really help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no how big or how small. I don't know what has been going on lately, but every day it seems like somebody's like, do you have a therapist that you like? Do you have a therapist that you like? I really need therapy. I really need to work on myself. And I do too, because everything is overwhelming, everything. And I really got off track with therapy because, you know, when I moved, when I was younger, my therapist retired and finding a therapist that has to be in your area is just so limiting. And this is why I always talk about better help because it's just convenient. It's accessible. It's affordable and it's entirely online. You get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists anytime. The fact that you do not have to drive to an office, the fact that you don't have to spend so many hours in the car, the fact that you have to spend all your time researching this person, the fact that you can meet quickly online, it doesn't have to mess with your schedule. I mean, there's really no excuse at this point. So whether you want to be a better problem solver or just have someone to talk to, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash Pia today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Pia. Healthy living takes effort and is more important than ever. Change is hard, but existing habits are extremely powerful. This is where the new wellness brand Better and Better comes in. They embed better health and wellness into existing habits. How are they doing this, you ask? Well, with science-backed two-in-one natural vegan toothpaste, I've been using this toothpaste for the last six months. First of all, I love it. But Better and Better's toothpaste is formulated to the strictest clean ingredient standards, which is very important to me. So it's safe, gentle, vegan, natural as organic ingredients. They've removed all the bad stuff. So there's no sodium lauryl sulfate, no parabens, no GMOs, no gluten, no harsh abrasives, no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. And they infused a dose of vitamins. Isn't that incredible? 
simply by brushing your teeth, which is a habit you're already doing twice a day, hopefully. Better and Better's energy and immunity toothpaste get you a microdose of vitamins, specifically vitamins B12 and D3 in their energy formula and vitamin C and E and zinc in their immunity formula, particularly valuable as we head into cold and flu season, especially if you're traveling or just need a boost. The great thing about using Better and Better's vitamin infused toothpaste is that you just brush your teeth as normally and the dose of vitamins is delivered through sublingual, blow your tongue, and transbuchal, your gums and cheeks, absorption through your mouth, which is actually more efficient than your gut. There's no swallowing of pills. There's no new habits to create no extra costs. It's pretty, pretty incredible. Listen, right now you can try Better and Better's vitamin infused toothpaste in any of their oral care products and save with this exclusive offer for our listeners. Just use code BEST at checkout for 20% off your first order. Visit betterandbetter.com to learn more about the science behind their toothpaste. And don't forget, you save 20% off with code BEST at checkout. Hey guys, it's me, Chriselle Lim, co-founder and CMO of Bumo. As a busy working parent myself, I felt like there was a lack of options for parents and I personally needed more support. So that's what we're doing here on Being Bumo. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. So subscribe now to Being Bumo at applepodcast.com slash beingbumo or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, gotta go. See you guys soon. It's cool to see the I know now I now have the privilege of knowing three people who have worked for her, which is you and my friend Jess Damask, who just came out with a with a book called Salad Freak. And she's got really good at making salads because she used to have to make Martha's lunch every day. And then Richard from Flamingo. Oh, no. mm-hmm. oh right. Oh, he worked God. for her for a long time. They have a really good she wrote the forward to his book. And she's so loyal to all the people who've like worked for her and everyone has this very like high level of functionality with work, but are all very fun. It's a very cool, you can tell when certain people have worked for, you know, she's seems just exactly like how she is, you know? Yeah. She would love you. Thank you. She's just, I still just die for her. So whoever's doing her Instagram right now, I don't know if you follow her. Like, it's so funny and perfect and cool. I'm like, someone's like told her how to be like relevant in the current era and it's working so well. And I'm like, I love this for Martha. But, you know, she, she, I think that she really is kind of doing it because when, when I was there, I started working on the Martha, the Martha Stewart Instagram, not her personal, because she didn't have a personal one. And then she started a personal one. And it used to be like, I mean, back in those days, you you wanted Instagram to be beautiful. It was like Mm -hmm. everybody was posting their coffee and their cupcakes and things like that. And Martha was like, posting what she ate and the, you know, with terrible flash and it was just ugly. And like, now I'm like, that's cool. Like It, just <laughs> was, it didn't seem cool then. It seemed like well, you're supposed to be perfect and you're showing things that look like crap, but it was cool actually in hindsight. And I think she still is doing that. She's just very her on it. God. Yeah. Talk to us about YOLO journal. Okay. So the, as you know, now I love travel. Mm -hmm. When I lost my job at 
Condé Nast Traveler in 2018, I was like so devastated because I really thought that I I was like, I'll never work again. Like I'm, who's going to hire me? What, what can I do? Like, there are no magazine jobs. Like I, I, I don't know what I want to do. Like that. I don't know who's going to hire me. How am I going to pay for health insurance? Like Matt and I are both like, you, you know, he was basically on my health insurance and had always been a, uh, self-employed. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, it's like funny how like the health insurance thing is just such a thing that ties so many people to like, I have to keep that job, but it is a very important thing. But there was something about like, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out like how to do something. I was like, that, that was just the scariest thing for me was like, yeah. what would we do once Cobra lapses? And I just was like, you know what, Matt, like, I'm going to do some consulting, but let's, let's just do those things that we wanted to do. You always wanted to do a men's lifestyle magazine, which turned into William Brown. And I always wanted to do my version of a travel magazine. And, and so I started working on that. My concept for Yola was like, I think I can do it without having to pay for people to go and experience places because like that's what's impossible about travel is it costs so much money mm-hmm. and if you're paying to fly photographers Not enough. to go everywhere it's impossible impossible and, and then like do you really want to be the person who's like just getting every single thing for free from the hotels and cruise lines no i i would why bother making a magazine like my idea was like to do something that felt like it was coming, like it was really like a platform for other people who had already done a trip to let that information like be surfaced to other people. Mm-hmm. So because I'd been a photo editor for so long and I'd meet with photographers all the time, and then you'd see a million things by this time all over Instagram, you're like, all these people travel. And they go, they go to all these amazing places and nobody ever sees their pictures or hears about it other than like in a little square on their Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like there's no more of that kind of slideshow phenomenon that like, I didn't even grow up with slideshow. When I was a little kid, my grandpa would come back from trips and they would literally do the slideshow after dinner and Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, this was our trip to Cozumel, and you know, <laughs> you through it, and like feel like you were got to see it. Now that I mean, slideshow is basically our Instagram, but like we don't even we all know like we don't see everybody's posts and mm-hmm. and whatever. And sometimes you don't want to see like you're not in the mood. You don't want to see like that somebody's going somewhere fabulous when you're like miserable. Totally. But like if you if you choose to see you're in the travel mode, then you like want to see a magazine that feels honest and personal. And for me, the disconnect that we had just by the nature of how travel magazines were set up, the construct was that you'd have editors who hired writers and you have creative directors or photo editors who would hire photographers. And that was, that was the system. And you were creating brand new content all the time. Well, that sounds, it was clearly unsustainable. And 
uh, just as the, you know, the prop closet and the five crafters was unsustainable, mm-hmm. but, but people still travel. And I feel like I'm finding the photographers or the great creatives who, who essentially are, you know, they don't have to be great writers. They can like all often talk to people and say like, I'm going to record this. And then I'll just like kind of pull some interesting story out of our conversation and that will become the story that accompanies your pictures that go in Yolo journal. You know, there's, it's, it's not like you don't, you don't get the magazine, which basically doesn't have any ads except for the back cover. You don't buy that magazine because you're looking for a great read. Mm -hmm. You buy it because you want to be transported or see something that like, yeah, it's, it's transporting. It's it's a little more like a book. Mm -hmm. And then and then so the the print magazine I started first in 2019, it came out. I've just wrapped up my 11th issue. So I do it three times a year. And then in about a year and a half ago, I started the newsletter, which comes out every week. And I really like doing that because that's actually much more, that's very user-friendly. It's not like inspirational the way the magazine is transporting and just like, it's eye candy sits on your coffee table. The newsletter is much more tactical. Like here's a, like this week we're doing a Madrid black book. So it's it's like, I just went to Madrid. I'll put my pics in there. But like, I also find all these other people who's Madrid. It's so smart. So just want to check in with you guys in the middle of this glorious podcast with one of my favorite people ever, Yolanda. I hope you're enjoying her story. I'm really excited about the next episode where she gives us all of her travel tips, but I really thought we needed like a first episode to give some context. So I wanted to do a little deep dive about my hair because I get so many questions about it looking so healthy. And I almost feel like I'm a big fat faker because I had really thin damaged hair for a really, really long time. It was kind of like a huge part of my identity for a long time was this like narrative that I couldn't do that with my hair because it's thin or, you know, it was, it was definitely a thing. My mom always had thinning hair. She had a lot of shedding uh, my dad didn't have hair. He had hair on his face, but he was bald. Um, so from the time I was little, I had like curly, almost like blondish hair. Um, but by the time, especially I hit puberty, I had a lot of hair shedding. A lot, a lot. Um, and I would overcompensate for it by doing lots of intense hairstyles. And I think that was kind of like the beginning of the, this like hamster wheel. Um, I mean, I would sleep with curlers in my hair, those little like foam roller curlers to make it look really curly. And then I would brush it upside down. So it would look kind of big. And I was always putting tons of hairspray and like tons of products. Then I had to chop it all off. Um, cause I thought having like short hair would make it look thicker it would look so stringy when it was long. I mean, that definitely didn't work. 
Um, and then in my adulthood, I started dyeing it uh, to have kind of more fun. And that would just make it so damaged. I would have so many dead ends and was constantly getting haircuts. And I would always sleep with hair masks in my hair to try to undo the damage. And then it was so thin that I then now again kept like styling it in all these like weird, crazy ways to try to make something out of nothing. And the styling would make it more damage. And it was absolutely this total, total nightmare, total nightmare. And it got really bad when I was in my twenties. So, you know, then I started styling it where I'd put like hot rollers in it, like give it wave or a hot tool of some sort. And then continue dyeing it. And then in my twenties, like I literally wouldn't go out unless I put heat on my hair or I would straighten it. And that became cool. Um, and then I started getting hair extensions and the hair extensions started really, oof, the hair extensions started pulling on my already shedding hair in a way that was so intense. My poor head of hair. I remember there being hair all, always just all over my shower, all over the floor, you know, and we, people would always joke like that I could, I don't know, people would like kind of make fun of me a little bit. You know, how like friends will just be like tough on each other. I mean, my ponytails were like <laughs> the tiniest, tiniest little blip of hair, tiny, tiny, tiny. And then I really, you know, I decided at some point that I was going to have to sacrifice coloring my hair, styling my hair, putting any sort of heat on it to kind of get the health back. But I was still constantly shedding. That's always been something I've experienced really intensely. And when I got pregnant, my hair was super healthy but then for the first time, it was so thick and I was so panicked, so panicked about losing my hair, so panicked because everybody, that's the narrative when you're pregnant is enjoy your beautiful hair because it's not going to be there much longer, which is such an unfair, weird narrative, right? So I definitely had a lot of fear around losing my hair. As soon as I gave birth, I started taking the Nutrafol postpartum formula. And that worked wonders. I had no shedding. My hair stayed thick. I didn't experience anything. But I will tell you, like six months after she was born, I had, I was doing this like crazy health panel and I had to kind of go off all of my supplements to get a, like a clear blood drop see like where all my levels were. I was, I didn't talk about this. I was so shocked. It was like, as soon as the Nutrafol was out of my system, my hair was falling out, going back to what it normally did, what it normally would have done in postpartum and what it normally, what it would have done before I was even pregnant. It just started shedding to the point where, and Davide's really good about not wanting me to be, you know, upset about something he's saying, but it was to the point where we were in the shower and 
I put my hand through my hair and showed him. And he looked at me and said, he called me sweetheart. <laughs> like he was like, my sweetheart, I'm so sorry. He could just see. And I was just devastated. Once I took my blood draw, obviously I got back on the Nutrafol. But I, I remember saying to him, like, this is my norm. This is me normal. My standard hair has always been thin, thinning, shedding. Always. I mean, my mom could attest for that. My dad could attest for that. All my friends, like, maybe because my mom shares the same thing. We've always just had constant, I mean, there was hair, there's hair all over this house. It would like clog the drains. <laughs> it was like my dad would always complain about how my hair would clog the drains. So I, I really want to say the point of this is to say, number one, there are times where all of you will say to me like, you know, do does Nutrafol really work? I, you know, when I say friend to friend, yes, this is absolutely what has worked for my hair, you know, in conjunction with obviously a healthy diet and making sure that I'm still not using tons of heat and not overwashing and not using tons of product and being gentle with how I brush it and all of that. But women truly keep it to themselves. And it's so much more than a physical appearance thing for women. It shapes our relationship with ourselves from the inside out. It can define our identity. It is our self-image. It can give us self-confidence. A lot of us are super reluctant to discuss it publicly, which is why I want to tell you about what Nutrafol is doing. So Nutrafol is looking to unite and support women through the personal impacts of like thinning and shedding by creating a space to connect and share and bond with others. Podcasts are obviously all about talking and Nutrafol just wants to open up a larger conversation uh, with real women sharing their real stories about their hair struggles and how it has affected them. Um, You know, it's something that, like I said, I have always had and have been synonymous with. And, you know, my friends would tease me lovingly, like, oh, like they'd hold up like a big hair clip and be like, Pietro, to put your hair in this. And is, you know, I obviously it was a good sport, of course, but it really is something that, like I said, gives you a lot of self-confidence. It's something that, you know, can give you a boost of self-esteem or it's something you could be like really ashamed about. So if you're going through this, you know, I feel for you. And luckily, Nutrafol does too. So they really want all women to know that hair thinning is normal, that you're not alone, and that this popular hair growth supplement brand is really on a mission to normalize female hair issues. So they've created this space for us to connect, talk, and de-stigmatize female hair issues together. Let's talk about it. Let's share our hair loss stories. It could not only help you, but you could help other women. So I advise all of you, please join the conversation at shedthesilence.com slash best. That is sharedthesilence, S-H-E-D, thesilence.com slash best. Meet me there. We can talk about hair shedding. It could be a, you know, a big problem in your life or a little problem in your life. And we have a great solution and that is Nutrafol.
I'm constantly telling people anytime anybody asks me, like, can you tell us where to go and blah, 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 blah. I say, just subscribe <laughs> to Yolanda. Thank you. And anytime, even when we were just in Rome, you know, Davide hasn't spent a lot of time in Rome, like Northern Italy sometimes. I mean, he, you know, outside of his spots that he knows, he'll be like, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time there. Like I don't, and he, you know, the pride in him doesn't want to ask certain people because he's like, I'm Italian. So I don't want right. to. So I yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just type in Rome into your Substack, And then it's like, these are hotels. Here's our very fancy hotels you should splurge on. Here are cute boutique hotels. And, you, and it's so clear that it'll say, we loved the manager. She now left to go to Soho house. Don't know how it's been since she's gone. <laughs> like it, like the way that right. it's so like, okay, you know exactly what you're getting. It's the best places to eat. I, I mean, what you are, the information you're providing for people is just unbelievable. And if anybody follows you on Instagram, you know, like, I mean, how many days out of the year are you traveling at this point? I think that it's probably around 300. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know how many days I was in Brooklyn. That's where we, I now call it the place we get mail. (laughs) So yeah, it's crazy, but you know, I, I feel like this is this fun time we're having now. And I imagine that at some point I want to be somewhere for more than like five days. Is this on you? Is this like you are an empty nester now? So is it's crazier than ever because of that? Right. Or was it like this? It wasn't like this when she was in high school. No way. No, no way. I was, we were in Brooklyn all the time and upstate and yeah, like there, we could go months without traveling and now, yeah, I'm, I'm like, we're, we're gone a lot. So a lot of it is also for work, right? I mean, you travel obviously for yeah. pleasure, but like, I want, because I'm sure people again are looking at your Instagram, like, how is she doing this all the time? You are invited lots of places. Am I correct? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so yes, exactly. So like, let's say, you know, I have a lot of PR people who become your friends, like you mm-hmm. were a friend to editors. And so, you know, they kind of get to know like what your, what your taste is and what would be a good fit for you. So I was talking to my friend Jules and she was like, I have these three properties in Spain and you should come. And, you know, basically like, you know, it's, it's like, I always say, I'm not going to, first of all, I'm not going to travel and take time out of my schedule to go somewhere just because like it's a free hotel room. Yeah. And I know for many people that don't travel for a living, they'd be like, well, wh- why wouldn't you just take a free trip? A free trip is free. And it's like, but when it's your work, it's actually staying home is almost more of yeah. a trip. Like that's actually very appealing. And so what I try and do is I always like make sure like, these places feel like they're the right fit for me. And then I'll say yes. And then I always say like, listen, like there are things I can do and I can't do. And I'm never going to like promise things that until I've been there and, you know, but like, basically that's how I go to a lot of places. And that's what, it's not like the kind of influencer trip where like you're there for a brand and you're kind of the backdrop is the location. Like I'm yeah. really there to experience the place and report 
on the place I'm at, but also everything that's around it. But it's a lot, you know, it's like if I was going to go on a trip to Spain by myself and not with a publicist who organized my trip, I wouldn't just do two days and go to three locations, two, two, two. Yeah. Like that's a lot. Mm -hmm. And literally I call it like backbreaking because I literally threw my back out. And it's just like, that's what, that's what happens. Like sometimes like you are just, yeah, it's just too much, but it's incredible. It's, it's an incredible gift to be able to be in this line of work, but it's also like, I'm not trying to apologize for it, but it is not, it's one of the things that I think happens when you travel this much is that you really just want to be home doing laundry mm-hmm. and like, you know, feeling like you're caught up that your friends actually invite you to things because they think you're home. <laughs> like there's that sort of weird thing that happens where when you're gone all the time, nobody invites you anywhere. Oh my God. <laughs> poor me. I know everyone's <laughs> poor you. Shut up. Even when we travel but, for but two is, weeks, we get homesick. So I mm-hmm. like we went to New York for four nights. And by the third day, Davide was like, get me back in my bed. I need to do my laundry. This is already chaotic. Like, you know, yeah. having some resemblance of structure, I think. So, yeah. yeah While well, I mean, I'm, I look at you guys and it's incredible. And what you're being able to see is unimaginable. You're some of the luckiest people. I mean, everyone's dream is to travel. Right. But I do understand the exhaustion. Being on a plane is a lot. You're in tons of different time zones. Like you also mm-hmm. are notoriously like to always bring a carry on. So it's like it's not even like you have a lot of your things with you. I mean, it's very. Yeah. Voyeur, you're it's it's I I can imagine the exhaustion. Yeah, I think I think it's the thing of like travel somehow is it's the thing that like everybody I think it's a pretty shared like dream that most people have. I mean, yeah, there are some people who really never want to leave home, but but it's like I don't know. It's one of those things where it just feels like because most people only do it infrequently, they have these fantasies. Let me tell you, so it's a lot, (laughs) always, always going. And, and, you know, and I, I enjoy it, but like, you know, we just landed this morning and my brother is supposed to come from, he lives in Denmark. He was supposed to get here tomorrow and he, all of his flights canceled. And I was like, well, where are we going to go this weekend then? Like, what's wrong with me? Like the second I don't have to be here, I'm like, well, we got to go somewhere. We have to go explore something. Yeah, I understand that. It's like, well, it's also your work, right? So you're like, how am I going to keep like, what's the new thing that I'm going to? Yes, I, I, that's a double-edged sword. Like I, I, I totally understand that. I feel like we need to do another episode on travel tips. Like I truly actually want to, I would love to get like another th- even just a 30 minute because the way Let's you travel, I think is really specific, but I would like to end this episode with like, I don't, I like, I want like, what's like your biggest travel advice, particularly for Italy. And we will do another episode, but 
the amount because you and I have offline conversations all the time about luxury hotels versus Mm -hmm. little places, really experiencing Italy, but also, you know, you, you know, I've checked off a couple of my dream places this last year and I'm like, they were great, but like, eh, you know, like it doesn't. So like, what is your if you were going to give some advice to somebody who's planning an Italy trip, because I feel like a lot of people now are planning for next summer. What's Mm -hmm. your advice? I would say the thing that, you know, like kind of in a pre pandemic world, I think, I think like there was, there was this like clearly a, a very heightened need to travel and tick the things off my list. So I would say it's the get out of the, like, the the places that you've seen people that used to be people would only go to some places when it was their honeymoon. And now those have become the places that people think are like where they should just go. Totally. And I think the thing that's so amazing about Italians and you know, this better than anyone is that like, like, you know, the, the kind of more, the, the, the more, like the the old lady who's got like a little inn in the mountain somewhere is going to be the one that's going to be the trip that you actually remember yes. and cherish for your life. There is when you go and you stay in a five star hotel, sometimes that's what you need. It's sort of like what the trip requires. But mm-hmm. that's not what I would say feels the most Italian like. Five star is five star everywhere. I know, mm-hmm. I know there's variations, but I think the the thing I would say is to dig a little deeper on like, don't be afraid of like the kind of agriturismo, like find the Instagram accounts and find that, you know, we try and do this in YOLO as well. It's like getting- YOLO is how I found Ponza. I mean, I, we, obviously uh-huh. I knew about it, but that was, we were like, let's press go because of what Pilar wrote. Right. Right. And I think that's the thing is like, just don't be, don't be afraid of like going to a place you haven't heard of. Like Mm -hmm. maybe that's the best reason to go there because, you know, like you should go to Calabria, you should explore Basilicata and these places that maybe don't have like, you know, like I like Matt and I always say like, don't stay in four stars for the most part. It's like two or three star or a five star, but like (laughs) four stars, like they, like you're going to have like some ugly renovation with like bad marble that you're paying for. Bad Italian is bad. Like, yeah. By the way, Italians don't believe in comfortable beds. So, so so don't expect to have a comfortable rest. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. We have to do a part two. Let's do it. Thank you, honey, for having it. And I'm sorry that I have to run. No, no, no. It's okay. It's so okay. fun. But we'll definitely do a part two because I think you're, I, w- I want all your current advice. And then I also just think that your story of working at magazines and how you and Matt met is just also what just makes me so good. love you guys so much. Oh, thank you, honey. Love you too. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. Honey, thank you. Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. 
And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.